Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed Trinity, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the source of all things, the finisher. We praise you, we thank you, we love you, we bless you, we declare your holiness, we declare your greatness, we worship you. What an awesome, awesome privilege to be here, to join together to worship you. We're so grateful to be in this place, to lift your name high. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. All glory to your name. All glory to you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We ask this morning that you would speak to us. Although you are God Almighty, the God who is above all, you are also the God who draws near, the God who speaks life, who speaks personally, who is so intimate with us. What an awesome, beautiful thing that the God who created the universe also is the God who speaks to each one of us individually, that you see each of us, you know each of us, you hear the cries of each of our hearts. So here we are, Lord, here are our hearts. We ask that you would speak personally to each one of us this morning through your word. In Jesus' mighty name and because of the blood, amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be back with you. Thank you so much for praying for me this week and my family. Uh, we didn't have COVID. It was just that bad cold virus um, going around, and it just hangs on. And um, so we're feeling a lot better. Thank you. And I missed being with you last week, but I heard it was a very special service. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful to be back with you this morning. So we are in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, the Beatitudes, special passage, Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount, and we're going to read uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to 12 in the NIV, if you're following along. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is near the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And if we go back to um, chapter 5 at the beginning, we see that Jesus was tempted by Satan. He was sent into the, uh, taken, led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. And that's the first part of chapter 4. And then we get to verse 12. And it says, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. And he's at the very beginning of his ministry. He says, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light, On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is the gospel of Jesus. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. How often do we forget that that is the core gospel of Jesus? That's the beginning of his ministry. This is what he said we need to do. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now repent. He wasn't going wagging his finger and scaring people. He wasn't going repent, repent. You need to repent. Repent means Turn 180 degrees and go the other direction. That's what it means. He says, I'm actually doing something entirely different. You guys see power and control and image and wealth and all of these things. And he said, no, the kingdom of heaven is very different. The kingdom of God has broken into the world through me. Jesus is saying, and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. So turn and go 180 degrees the other direction because the kingdom of God is something entirely different, entirely not of this world. It's something so different that you're going to have to turn and go the other way. So this is the context of our passage this morning, and it's very important that we pay attention to context because this is his core message. This is what Jesus is saying. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And then we see between verses 18 and 23, 25, um, Jesus starts calling his followers. Okay, first he, he's walking beside the Sea of Gal- Galilee and he sees two brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew, and he calls them. And then he calls James and John, the brothers of Zebedee, the sons of Zebedee, and he called them and immediately they left their boats and followed him. So he's gathering his people. He's gathering his core followers. And then he went throughout Galilee and he's teaching. And we pick it up at verse 23. He went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. 
large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now here we are at our text for today. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. He's not preaching to the crowds here for the Beatitudes, actually. He's preaching to his disciples because what do you think? Don't you think the disciples would have begun to think, oh, wow, Jesus is really popular. Maybe we're going to be popular. All these people are gathering around him. He's healing everybody. This is getting exciting. And Jesus sits down on the mountain. Often we think that he's standing and he's preaching to the crowds. And I'm sure the crowds overheard him, but that was not his target audience. He's gathering his followers because it says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. He says, you know what, disciples? You know what, followers? He said, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is very different. The kingdom, I'm going to show you what the kingdom of heaven is like. That's what he's saying. He's saying to his disciples, you think it's about wealth and popularity and you're getting excited because all these crowds are following And he said, let me tell you, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who understand their poverty of soul, understand their need for God, understand their dependence on God. Isn't that beautiful? He says, hang on, hang on. Let's go up the mountain, sit down, and let's talk about this. Let I want to give you a vision of what the kingdom of heaven is like because it's very different than what you think it's like. It's 180 degrees different from what you're seeing there. From Because remember, the disciples thought that Jesus was coming as someone a military hero or someone who was going to to rescue them from oppression. And he's saying, I'm telling you, this is a different kingdom, a different kingdom. So um, now we come to, we've got the setting, we've got the main target audience is the disciples. And now we come to um, this word, blessed. This word, blessed. The Greek term translated blessed is makarios. And neither blessed or happy or other words adequately translate it, but it's this term of congratulations and recommendation. These qualities are to be envied and emulated. They make up the kingdom life. So there are a lot of different translations for makarios. Makarios. Some translate it blessed or happy or fortunate or congratulations. But Jesus' goal was for his disciples to enter the kingdom, to become a new kind of humanity. Those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn and who connect with those who mourn, those who are meek and lowly and unassuming, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and for justice, for goodness, those who are merciful those who are pure in heart, those who are peacemakers. 
Do you know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is blessing these various attitudes and postures. So if we, let's, let's take a look at these different translations for a minute. If we translate this word happy, happy are those who are poor in spirit, it, it's okay as a translation and it's part of it, but it makes it sound like it's just something that we're feeling. We're so blessed because we're poor in spirit or we're pure in heart. And that's not really what Jesus is saying. Author and speaker Daryl Johnson says that blessedness is an objective state, not a subjective feeling. And that's a really, really important point. I'll say it again. Blessedness is an objective state. You are blessed because of your attitude or your posture. It's not a subjective feeling. It's not, oh, I feel so blessed. I feel so happy. It's not about that. That's not what Jesus is saying here. This is about how Jesus is assessing us and our condition. Jesus is saying, this is what I consider blessed when you are poor in spirit. And it doesn't feel good to be poor in spirit. This isn't about what we're feeling. This is about Jesus assessing our condition, our state. If we use the word favored, Uh, it's okay, but it kind of has an elite feel to it, doesn't it? So that we're favored because we're humbled or we're favored because we're meek. Um, If we translate the word makarios as fortunate, that's somewhat okay as well, except that it has a note of luck in it, right? Uh, Like, oh, they're so lucky or they're so fortunate. And that's not fully what Jesus is saying either. It's really hard to understand what he's saying here. If we translate it with the word congratulations to those who are poor in spirit, because there is a sense that that, that, uh, that word congratulations is part of the translation, but that gives a sense that we've done something to deserve these blessings, right? And so that's not great either. So we're looking at all these different translations. Um, But I want to reference the author and pastor Daryl Johnson again because he says that the phrase that gives the best sense of what this word means is the phrase in sync. Okay? In sync with the kingdom of God are those who are poor in spirit. In sync with the kingdom reality are those who are pure in heart. In sync with the king of this kingdom. In sync with him. Aligned, aligned, in sync with him. And he writes a book on this, which is amazing. In sync with the kingdom are those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And so the major point of this Greek word makarios, blessed, is what Jesus thinks. Not what we feel, but what Jesus thinks. Does Jesus think that we're in sync with the kingdom? Does Jesus, Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is how you will be in sync with my kingdom. You'll be in sync with my kingdom if you are poor in spirit. You'll be in sync with my kingdom if you're pure in heart. Remember, it's an objective state, not a subjective feeling. It's about how Jesus is assessing us and our condition, the condition of our hearts. But, just to encourage you, these beatitudes are not things that we can achieve, right? 
It's not like, oh, okay, I just have to get in sync with the kingdom. Well, that's actually not our job. We can't sync ourselves with the kingdom. Only the Holy Spirit, the king of the kingdom, has to do this work in us. Right? Amen? So the king has to do this. And as we come closer to Jesus, and as we allow his spirit to work more and more in us, we will be in sync with the kingdom of heaven. Just like Galatians chapter 5 talks about walking in step with the Spirit. Walking in step with the Spirit. We will be in sync with the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus is not only painting a picture of what he wants his kingdom people to look like. He's also painting a picture of what he himself looks like. Right? He's teaching the disciples about who he is. They think he's a warrior coming to rescue them. And, <laughs> sorry, uh, I have hair. Um, they think he's coming a war- to, uh, as a warrior to come and rescue them. And he's saying, I look like this, and this is what you will look like as well. I look like this. I am humble. I am meek. I am lonely, lowly. I am pure in heart. He's actually teaching the, ki- the disciples what he looks like, the king of the kingdom as well. All right, let's, let's just pause for a minute and ask ourselves, am I drawing closer to Jesus so that he can produce these kingdom qualities in me. This is something that the Holy Spirit is doing in us and wants to do in us. And is there one of these characteristics that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to me today that he is asking me to pray for more of? So the po- being poor in spirit, understanding our poverty of spirit, mourning, being meek, lowly, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, being merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, and allowing or seeing that that God is with us in persecution, allowing and recognizing that we are his followers when we are persecuted. So let's pause and ask the Lord, is there something he's highlighting to us? An area he wants to align us more, to bring us in sync with the kingdom qualities.
We want to be kingdom people, Lord. We want to be aligned with these characteristics of you and of your kingdom. And so we just ask that whatever you have revealed to us, that you would uh, take it deeper this week, align us more and more with your way of thinking, with your kingdom values, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now at the end of our passage, um, Jesus talks about the prophets. He says, rejoice and be glad because, he's saying, blessed are you, I'll back it up there to verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, the interesting thing about the Beatitudes is that all the way through, Jesus is using terms that the prophets themselves used. These concepts were known to the prophets, right? Yes, lots of people in Israel thought that Jesus was coming as a mighty warrior, but the prophets had been saying to the people, actually, humility is a core value of God, and mourning is something that the Lord sees and he brings comfort into the morning. Meekness and lowliness is going to be characteristics of the Savior who comes, the Messiah. That was all talked about in the prophets. And Jesus is referring back to the prophets because he says, you you knew all of this from the prophecies that, uh, that have come before. So let's take a look at a few of these verses. Jesus is referring when he talks about being poor in spirit, he's talking about the kingdom value of humility. And we see in Isaiah 57, verse 15, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, his name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah foretold it in chapter 57, and Jesus is saying, yes, that's the kingdom, to be poor in spirit, to be lowly. And then when he talks about mourning, the, the, the attribute of mourning In Isaiah 61, remember this is one of the scriptures that the Lord, um, that Jesus actually spoke in the synagogue from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to comfort all who mourn. It was foretold again by Isaiah. And then meekness and lowliness. David talked about that in Psalm 37. There's so many verses that that fit with this, but be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways. Uh, Don't fret, it leads only to evil. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit 
the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. It was already said in the Old Testament, right? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And Jesus said, that was already told to you way back in the Psalms. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So we won't go through all of the Old Testament uh, scriptures, but you can see that Jesus is drawing on what they already knew. And he said, you just didn't get it. You just didn't get that this is the kingdom of God. It operates in a different way. The prophets tried to tell you, but here I am to actually show you. I have left my glory. I have come to earth. I will die on a cross. I will show you what the kingdom looks like in action. It is about being humble, humbling ourselves. It is about mourning and understanding our own poverty of spirit apart from God. It is about being meek and lowly. These are all opposite to what the world tells us. So opposite. The world says, no, you need to be confident, you need to be personally independent, you need to have happiness at any cost. If it feels right, do it. All these slogans, right? Go get it, do fast food culture. You need to pursue power, you need to pursue image, you need to do what it takes to, um, <clears throat> to be in control. Be in control of your own destiny, they say. Be in control of your own life. It's so opposite. Right? Pursue your own peace apart from whatever's going on in the world. Just worry about you. Um, and Jesus is saying, that is not the kingdom. Go 180 degrees. That is not the kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. Not of this world. So do we evaluate people? Here's where the, the crux of it. Do we evaluate people? I, I know I fall into it and have to catch myself. Do we evaluate ourselves and other people by how we look? If we're wearing brand name clothes, if we're having a good hair day, or if we're portraying the latest image? Or do we see people with God's eyes? Do we say, wow, that person is beautiful, the poverty of spirit, they understand their dependence on God? Do we notice when people are humble and poor in spirit? Do we value people that have more control and power? Do we see them of, as of greater importance? Or do we value the meek and the lowly? Where is the world's mindset controlling us? Where are we living according to the world's mindset? Where are we thinking, I have a right to, to, to go get this, or I have a right to feel this way, or I have a right to um, whatever it might be, whatever you finish the sentence. Is that how we feel, or do we just lay ourselves before the Lord? Make me a kingdom, kingdom person, Father. Align me with the attributes and characteristics of your kingdom, and may we see others with his eyes, with kingdom eyes. Let's sit with that question again and just ask the Lord, is there a way that we are aligning ourselves with the world's thinking? That worldly mindset, is image too important to us? Is power and control too important to us? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to break in and align us with the kingdom mindset.
Father, we want to be faithful kingdom people. We want to be aligned with your Holy Spirit. We want to be aligned with your kingdom values. And so rescue us, Lord, from the mindset of the world, the things that we've bought into. We, we absorb it so easily without even be, being aware of it. Father, break in to where we don't see. Give us new vision, new eyes to see, and align us with your kingdom values. We pray we cannot do this work in our hearts. We can't do it ourselves. You need to do it, Lord. And so may we be surrendered to you. Show us where we need to release control and open our hands and release our grasp for you to realign us. Let's stand together and say the Lord's Prayer to finish. Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. All right, we'll take... Jerry? Sure. does. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Yep. Yes. It's his work. Yes. Yes. Is this on? This one? Yeah. Janet, do you want to come up here so that we can hear the translation. Thank you. I thank Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for today. There's a song that says that God is here with us and God is here with us. She wasn't really feeling like coming to church today. 
because she currently has pain f- and on her knees like walking is a little hard for her So today in the morning she shared something with me. And then she was like, uh, let's go to the church and then see what uh, the Holy Spirit would tell us today. God calls and he answers. So when we call God, he answers. For whatever question you have, when you ask the Holy Spirit, he will answer it to you. And with what we share, it, God has answered us through today's preaching to see how Holy Spirit can work through us. The Holy Spirit is there and he does speak. And when you have uh, the spirit of God within you, when he speaks, you can know that he's speaking to me. For what God has said, she has nothing to give God. We may give God our body, soul, and spirit so that he can take control with his spirit. Everything in the world will pass away, but God's word will remain forever. Amen. May God be glorified. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jenna. Yes, he is so fit. Oh, it's not going to work. Okay. Well, we'll just do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He's. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. Whenever the Lord wants to give us or gives us that desire to give back is uh, so beautiful. Yeah. His, he's so faithful to speak to us through his word and through each other. And thank you for being here. It's so important to be together, to be encouraging one another. So let's take up an offering and give back to him in